Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
soon as the lights come on here to see where your Bibles are at. Open up your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 52. And we're going to go into some of it uh, today. I want to share a little bit of my own testimony in the midst of that passage. And just, I love what Corey Russell says. He says a lot in our Bible school chapels that we have, weekly chapel for our school. He says, you, okay, you may know the word of God, but does the word of God know you? You may know that verse in the Bible, and you may be able to quote that verse, but does that verse know you? And so I want to share today from some verses that know me, that have gotten into my own heart, and in that, to share some things that I hope will provoke and bless um, you this afternoon, I mean, this morning, and then release you for this afternoon. So Isaiah chapter 52, I'm going to go through some of it. I'll have um, all the scriptures that I'm quoting. I'll have all the verses in the notes online. You can get those at a later time, but have your Bible out and Follow with me a bit as we go through here. I want to pray as we jump into the word together. Father, we come before you. We just thank you. I thank you for those that you've even ministered to this morning. I thank you for what you're what you've done yesterday. And even, even during the break, Lord, I thank you for the godly conversations that are going on in the midst of the different sessions where different ones are speaking to one another about what you're doing in their hearts. And I thank you and honor you for that, Lord. And we ask you now, Lord, for your word to come, touch our hearts again this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome your presence in this place right now, Holy Spirit. Just take a moment right now and just actually speak a phrase, a whisper a sentence to the Holy Spirit. Give the Holy Spirit permission to actually come and touch your heart. Just say, Holy Spirit, I, I invite you to come. I invite you to come and touch my heart and my mind right now. Just actually say it to the Lord all across the room, in the back, the front, in the middle. Just take a moment to say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and touch my heart, touch my mind with your word this morning. Just take a moment. Quiet your heart before him. Lord, we ask you for your anointing upon your word to open up to us this morning. Father, I thank you for every story, every testimony that's represented in this room of what you've done in each one's hearts. And Lord, I thank you for what is yet to come. And we ask you for an increase, the activity and presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 
want to read a few of the verses here. Take us through what's on my heart this morning. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 1. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise. Sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus says the Lord, you have sold yourselves for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. This passage just began to touch my heart. I want to say first about the book of Isaiah. As Mike was speaking last night, he was presenting three different faces of Jesus that the Holy Spirit is highlighting right now. In this movement, he's highlighting it all over the earth of bridegroom, king, and judge. And the reality that God is looking for messengers who will actually prepare their hearts and speak concerning those specific attributes of Jesus before Jesus' return. And we call those ones that are called to that, that ministry of preparation forerunners. The book of Isaiah is a must for those that are forerunners. Whether you're a singer, whether you're a musician, whether you lead a small group, whether you want to impact in the areas of justice, whatever it is that you feel called to do, if you have that forerunner calling on your life, you want to be a part of preparing the body of Christ for the Lord's return and bringing in the great harvest. You've got to go deep in Isaiah. As I was going through this again, it just there's so many passages in Isaiah over and over again. As I was preparing for the message that the Lord's put on my heart for this morning, I kept Dipping back into the previous chapters and the previous chapter, I was going to 10 chapters back, 10 chapters forward. I had to go, whoa, Shelly, wait a minute there. We got 40 minutes. <laughs> but it's so rich. And so I just want to put that out there. You've got to study out the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah is speaking both of a time in his generation and the, and the generations that are to come when God is releasing judgment upon the people of Israel. And he's speaking to them of how to respond in the midst of God's shaking and his discipline. But he has this telescopic lens where he keeps going back and forth from his day to the generation in which the Lord returns and speaking about that. And so he's constantly going back and forth between those two. And then right in the midst of it, the book of Isaiah is, is like the gospel book of the Old Testament. It has the gospel messages all throughout the entire book of Isaiah. So the content is there. The context is there for it to be one of the main books that the Lord will highlight for those that are called for the forerunner ministry. I remember when we first started the House of Prayer during that very first week, I was one of the first singers that joined and one of the first interns. There were five interns that started the House of Prayer together. And I remember the first uh, worship set that Misty Edwards ever sang in the prayer room when none of us you know, knew each other and we just kind of all stumbled in. I remember sitting down in this little trailer Misty goes up to the piano. I'd met her maybe a couple times. And she sings for whatever it was, two hours or something, first time. And she sings through, I don't know how many chapters of the book of Isaiah that's coming out of her mouth. I remember just looking over to a friend of mine who was also helping with the House of Prayers. It began Deborah Hebert and, and Mike Bickle that was over there, different ones. And we were looking at each other. Our mouths were hanging open because here was a singer who had gone deep in the Word of God and specifically was singing from the book of Isaiah. Not just singing it, you know, as she was reading it, singing it as a living understanding that came out of her heart. She was just releasing that message. And the Lord is doing that right now. He's looking for singers and musicians and all the different types of ministries that God is raising up. But I just feel this in my spirit. Singers and musicians that will go deep in the Word of God. 
that will actually understand the passages that they're singing of. And, and, I, and I love to see in the house of prayer, and I see it every day. As I'm in there doing my prayer room hours, I see the musician, the bass player with the Bible open, you know. See the electric guitar player with the Bible open, meditating on the word and playing the instrument out before the Lord. And I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making a huge promotion right now for the book of Isaiah. You've got to get into this book. It is so deep. There's so much, and you're going to find yourself in it. Well, I found myself in it, in these passages, in a specific way. The passage I just read, those first few verses of Isaiah 52, you can hear that God is speaking to his people, and he's calling his people to to awaken in their hearts, to arise, and he uses this language, shake yourself from the dust. And then in Isaiah 51 and 52, several different passages through there, God describes the condition that he's speaking of that the people are in. And I want to highlight four different aspects of the condition that the the people of God are in that the prophet Isaiah speaks of in this place. In Isaiah 51, verse 12 to 13, God speaks of this reality of fear that many times comes into the hearts of his people. In verse 12 and 13 of chapter 51, the Lord speaks and he says, I... Even I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die and of the son of man who will be made like grass and forget the Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth? You have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he is prepared to destroy. God is speaking to his people at this time that are underneath a terrifying oppression. He's speaking of them, and he's saying in the midst of the shakings that are going on, of the judgments of the Lord that are released, the temptation is to fear the oppressor, to fear the negative dynamic that's going on in our lives, and actually lose the real clean and true fear of the Lord that God wants to be released. You know that you were actually created to fear something. How many love roller coasters in the room? I love, I just love roller coasters. It might make me sick. At the end of it, but I just love them. You that shaking feeling that you get on the inside, right? There's something in the human spirit that actually longs to be terrified. There's that feeling of, oh, let's do it again. Let's wait a few more hours of lines and go down that crazy ride one more time because you are made to tremble in your spirit. But the reality that happens in our lives is that the oppressor. Now I want you to think of several different dynamics when I when we say oppressor. I want you to think of strongholds in your life that maybe have seemed so huge to you, you can't get past that area of sin. Or maybe it's something traumatic in your past, an abuse that you went through in your past, and that has become so traumatic that it has captured your full attention and that you can find yourself in this verse and say, you know what, I haven't thought about it in this language, Shelley, but the reality is I fear continually every day. You know, the Bible actually speaks of the reality that in the end times, there will be those that faint for fear, and then there will be those that are bold in the, in the power of the Lord and do exploits for God. And the cure for all those lesser fears is actually the understanding of who God is, which is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord isn't this feeling that I'm waiting every moment that God's just waiting for an excuse to drop the hammer down on Shelley Hundley. That's not the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is when my heart is captured with who he is beyond any other lesser fear, where it drives out every lesser fear. Jesus speaking to his disciples 
in Luke 10 when he sent them out, he was speaking of the reality that in those three chapters, as he, as he sends them out and as they come back and he gives a teaching to them, he says this, and it's interesting. He talks about in those three chapters, and he says this reality. He says, do not fear the one that can kill the body when you go out and testify in my name. He, he goes on to talk about the suffering they're going to endure. He says, fear the one who can throw you body and soul into hell. Well, that's a little different tactic. Okay, thank you, Jesus. We're no longer scared. You know? But he does. He knows that in our hearts, if we look to the Lord, and he is the only one that we fear. He is the one. We, we focus on this reality that's been touched several times throughout the conference, that the eyes of the Lord are actually on us. All of a sudden, Jesus becomes big, and those fears become small. And even the strongholds of sin in our life or that reality from our past becomes small, and God becomes big in our eyes. That's what the prophet Isaiah is speaking of here when he talks about this issue of fear. He goes on with this with this uh, display of the condition that Randy talks about it. Isaiah 51, verse 7 to 8, he talks about a different fear. First, he talks about the fear of the oppressor. Second, he talks about the fear of man and the reproach of man. Now, I want you to picture this. God is shaking his people in this hour that Isaiah is speaking of. He's shaking his people, and in the midst of that, as he's shaking them, he's trying to get them to look up to him rather than to the oppressor and rather than to the fear of man that's around them. And he speaks in this, in Isaiah 51, verse 7 to 8, he talks about this reality of those that are actually more fearful of man and what men think about them than what God thinks about them at the end of the day. Many of us in this room, if not all of us to a certain degree, are just plagued in our hearts with what does this person think about me? What does that person think about me? What did my mom say about me? What did my dad say about me? Who said what about me? Who thinks what about me? And it's a huge drama that goes on in our mind, and it just captures our energy and our thoughts. And again, the Lord is saying, okay, I don't want you to fear the oppressor, and I want you to fear the strongholds that you're, that you're overcoming, the onslaught of the evil one and the perverse generation that you're in, or even the shakings themselves that come. I want you to fear me, number one. And he's saying, number two, I don't want you to fear man. I don't want you to fear this person or that person. I want you to get your eyes upon me. And then he's addressing these two areas of fear. And then he continues on, just two more parts about this condition that we have. Number three, he says in, in Isaiah 51, verse 23, he gives this picture. He says, he speaks of the people of God. He says, it's as if you're lying down in the dust. You've laid your body in the ground for those to walk over you. He's saying in the midst of the oppression that's taking place, something in your own heart has died, and you've decided just to lay in the dust and stay there. And the evil one is trampling over you with, with whatever it is. The, the besetting sins are trampling you. The perverse generation you live in is trampling you. The trauma, the fear is trampling you, and you become like one just lying in the dust. And just my back is, is, is the floor that you can walk on. That's the attitude and the picture that he gives. And then the last one, number four, he says, you sold yourself for nothing. Isaiah 52, verse 3. He says, you sold yourself for nothing, but then he gives some of the good news. You shall be redeemed without money. And then in Isaiah 52, verse 5, he says, my people are taken away for nothing. Those who rule over them make them wail, says the Lord. And my name is blasphemed continually every day. As I was meditating on these passages, I was in California with our students. Our students go out on ministry uh, 
Trish, as the Lord leads our school, sometimes we just focus the entire canon of our school and just fire, just send the troops into one region. And we sent them, the last time we sent them was to Boston, and then this more recent time we sent them into California. And I just had the joy and the honor as one of the leaders of the school to get to drive around with Sarah Sun Kim and Alan Hood and different ones and actually see the students ministering in all these different locations as they were coming up against the culture of perversion and wickedness in this generation. And they were encountering every type of brokenness. And these students, they've just been barely set free themselves, and then now they're out there preaching, ministering, leading worship, doing prophecy, healing, deliverance, all of it right there in that context. And this verse began to just ring in my spirit from Isaiah 52, this message that the Lord is speaking, I believe, right now to the church. He's saying, awake, awake, arise from these, from these conditions of fear. Arise from these conditions of just laying in the dust and arise into the place that the Lord has for us in, in the place of spiritual authority. And that phrase, you've sold yourself for nothing, just began to pierce my heart as I was just looking at our generation. And seeing the reality that for all of the bondage that we've said yes to, we've gotten nothing in return. How many know that's true this morning? That for the every single moment that the evil one wins in that place of temptation and you step into that place of sin, you never get anything good back. There's no payment that comes for it, and yet we continue to sell ourselves for nothing. And in the midst of that, the spirit of prophecy was just rising up in my own spirit where the Lord was just crying out, Shelly, I want to awaken my people. I want my people to arise. I want my people to shake themselves from the dust, and I want them to arise into the authority that I've given to them. In my own life, I hit my college campus as a sophomore, complete atheist. I grew up in a Christian home by name. I was a, in a missionary family that many thought was, was awesome in many respects, but there was something deeply wrong right in the midst of the family setting that I grew up in. I was sexually abused several times by different people throughout while I was on the mission field, one of them being a minister that was the worst abuse that took place in my life. Year after year, I just suffered through sexual abuse that was indescribable in its torment and how frequent it was. Later on, when I, uh, when I fully went into the depths of depression and suicide, I had trained psychologists that had worked with people for 30, 50 years, some of them, who said to me, your story, the details of it, how bad it was, how frequent it was, it's one of the worst abuse stories that some of the professional people that worked in state psychiatric hospitals had ever heard. All right. Well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. I uh, just want to apologize. I, I guess we had some technical difficulties there. So if you were following the message and then you got dead air, we apologize. So if you're just tuning in, or maybe you've been tuned in listening to nothing, uh, the call-in number is 619-638-8458. You can email us at prayer international, or I'm sorry, prayer at prayerinternational.org. And our website is www.prayerinternational.org. Let's uh, go before the Lord in prayer. And then we'll get into a time of worship and just see what the Lord has for us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just give you all the praise and all the glory, all the honor. Father, we thank you for your goodness tonight. 
Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your spirit is moving throughout the earth, looking for men and women whose hearts are seeking you. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for everything you're doing in our lives. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that is speaking for us tonight, speaking for every person listening. Father, we pray, Lord God, that your salvation would go throughout the earth, Lord, that your glory would cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And, Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you would just create a hunger and a thirst in the hearts of those that don't know you. Lord, draw them by your Holy Spirit. Draw them by your word. And, Father, reveal yourself to them in a real and genuine way. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're there for us, even when we mess it up, even when we miss it. Lord, that your mercy endures forever. Lord, we just give you the glory tonight, Lord. You're the only one that's worthy. You're the only one that's due our praise, Lord. And we just ask, Lord, that you'd remove the idols from our hearts, the things that get in the way of you. Father, the barriers and the walls that break our communication with you, that keep us from you. Lord, remove those things far from us so that we can have free access, we can have free communication, open communication with the Father. So we can have fellowship with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything you endured. We know it was for your love for us that you endured the cross, you despised the shame. Lord, you considered it a joy knowing you were pleasing the Father. And Lord, put that same desire, put that same hunger in our hearts. Put that same thirst in our hearts to want to be pleasing to the Father. To glorify your holy name. We just thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you are. Tonight we give you the glory, Lord, we say, Lord, minister to the people, minister to the men and women listening tonight. Let us encounter you, encounter your presence, encounter your spirit as we go before you in a time of worship, as we go before you in a time of praise. Lord, you said you inhabit the praise of your people. Lord, you dwell, you move in the midst of worship. You are ever-present. With us, Lord, as we're pouring our hearts out before you, Lord, and let it be more than a song, Lord. Let it be more than just words. Let it be more than just music. But let it be our hearts, Lord. Let it be our hearts, Lord. And we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for everything you're doing. Just give you the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name.
Yeah. 
All right. Well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. Just want to apologize about what happened earlier. We were running a track, uh, just having some preaching going on there for a little bit, and at some point our Skype cut out, and we had silence. So just want to apologize for our technical difficulties. Just want to thank everybody that is tuned in tonight. And uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Chris Herzog. I'll be your host uh, here on Prayer International Radio. If you need to call in, the call-in number is 619-638-8458. Of course, you can call in to listen. Um, at some point in the night, we may take some live callers. And if you're tuned into the chat room or listening by archive, you're probably familiar with our process. And so we just want to thank those of you that are consistent and listening to us, praying for us, praying with us, and, of course, reaching out uh, just to allow us to be a, an encouragement and a strength to you and to help build you up in the things of God. You know, the Bible says that we're to uh, build each other up in the faith. We're to encourage one another, admonish each other, lift each other up, and strengthen each other through our prayers, through our encouragement, whether it be through song, through prophecy, through a word, you know, through quoting the word of God, uh, or being led by the Spirit and prophesying uh, into somebody's heart, into somebody's life. You know, we all have different gifts, we all have different callings, but we're all called, as Christians, we're called to make disciples of all the nations. We're called to point people to Jesus. If somebody's fallen, the Bible says, you who are spiritual should restore such a one in a spirit of meekness and humility. Not to carry around a holier-than-thou attitude or a, I'm better than you, but to lift people up. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do here on Prayer International Radio is be an encouragement. You know, we're here to encourage. We're here to equip. You know, the Bible says that the Word of God is for equipping the saints. We're also here to empower. You know, we know that it's not by might, it's not by our own power, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can do all things through Christ because He strengthens us, yet apart from Him, the Word of God says we can do nothing. So we want you to realize that strength comes from the Lord. And uh, I want to apologize if you're in the chat room. I was putting up Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31, and it, it messed up a little bit, so I popped uh, the rest of it back up in there. So it is a little out of order. Um, if you've got a Bible or Bible Gateway, Blue Letter Bible, you can read it, check it out for yourself. We're not trying to add to or take away from the Word of God or, or pervert it, but uh, it was just a uh, typo. So we do apologize for that. Uh, again, we want to thank our guests. Well, we've got our brother Patrick in the chat room, Sherry with Pet Prep Radio, uh, Sister Nikki John, two guests, Stargazer Lily, 09. We just want to thank you guys for joining with us tonight. We've got our uh, brothers, Sister Marvin and Deborah, out of Garland, Texas, uh, on the line as well listening and of course we usually have about two or three times the archive listeners as we do live listeners uh, on a regular basis 
so we're just thankful. You know, we want to know if this is uh, doing anything for you, reaching you, encouraging you, strengthening you. Feel free to email us at prayer at prayerinternational.com and let us know. Of course, you can always check out the website, which is Prayer International, www.prayerinternational.org. You know, uh, again, we're we're just blessed to have you with us. So let's get into the Word of God. Enough said with that. Let's, let's pray and get into God's Word for a minute. I'm going to skim through Isaiah 40 just because somebody asked, and I just want to put that out there. But also, I, I've got a psalm to, to share tonight. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you for your glory. Father, you said your glory is covering the earth like the waters are covering the sea, and we thank you, Lord, that you're pouring out by your Spirit, that, Lord, you're pouring out on all flesh, that, Lord, you're raising up sons and daughters to prophesy, Lord, that you're raising up men and women, Father, to walk in the things of God and proclaim the kingdom, to teach and preach the kingdom of God, Lord. That's what you called us to do. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're working in our lives. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're drawing us to yourself. Lord, that first and foremost, Lord, you didn't put us here just for people, but you put us here for your good pleasure. You said for your good pleasure where we created and that you created all things. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the name above every other name that has been named in heaven and in earth and under the earth. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you're calling us to yourself, Lord, that you're shaking everything that can be shaken in our lives so that we would have no idols and no false gods, nothing before you, but that, Lord, you would be first and foremost in our lives. And, Father, we pray that for every listener tonight, that you would be at the center of their day. You'd be at the center of their minds. The center of their affections would be centered and focused solely, strictly, purposely on you. And, Lord, we just thank you that, Lord, you love us. But you love us even when we didn't know about your love. You loved us when we were not lovable. You loved us when we were heaped in sin. You loved us when we were caught up in the miry clay and we were sinking. But, Lord, you reached down in your mercy and your grace. Lord, you snatched us out of the fire. You pulled us out of the horrible pit. You set our feet upon a rock, Lord, and you established our goings. And, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Lord, we just ask your Holy Spirit touch every heart. Encourage people tonight, Jesus, in a genuine way. And give them motivation. Give them strength to fulfill their assignments in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me share with you Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. I'm going to read it and uh, expound on it just a little bit. Then we're going to get into the Word tonight. But uh, that song that we played called Fly was actually the motivator there. And, of course, Nikki John made mention about mounting up in the strength with power. And we just thank you, Lord. Uh, Verse 28 says, Have you not known, have you not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is he weary, There is no searching of his understanding. Verse 29, and I'm reading out of the King James. I posted up an NIV version, but, uh, you know, just read it all. 
you know, NIV, King James, Amplified Bible, whatever you read, uh, if you are, uh, if you can do it, check it out in Greek and Hebrew and, and pick it apart, mull over it. The Bible says to meditate day and night on the Word of God. That word meditate is ruminate, rumin. That word rumin, uh, ruminate, is like the word rumen, which is like a cow's stomach. You know, a cow chews its cud, swallows it, regurgitates it, chews it again, swallows it. It's got two stomachs. And, you know, sometimes we need to be like a, a cow when it comes to the Word of God, and we need to learn how to stomach the Word of God. We need to learn how to meditate on it, chew on it, mull it over in our minds, and allow it to work in us an ever-increasing space. Jesus said we're clean through the word that he spoke to us. He told that to the disciples. And in the same manner as his modern-day disciples, his people, were clean through the word that he speaks to us. David said he hides the word in the heart, in his heart. Why? So that he does not sin against God. He told the Lord, let the words of my mouth, let the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And we need to do likewise. We need to have the same attitude. So he says this, there's no searching and understanding. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint. Do you ever feel weary? Do you ever feel like you're going to faint? Listen, God isn't weary. He's not going to faint. He's not going to rest. He's not going to sleep or slumber until he has his perfect way in your life. But he gives power to the faint. And then that have no might, he increases strength. Listen, God wants to increase your strength. Ask him for it. Ask him for an increasing in your faith and an increase in your strength. Listen, he says you have not because you ask not. Prayer is important. Now, we don't want to be selfish in our praying. We don't want to just bring our list to God, so to speak, our to-do list. But listen, God tells us to ask. Call unto me, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know. He says in Psalm 2, ask of me, and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. That's what David learned, how to declare and decree what the Lord said to him. You read Psalm 2, it says, I will declare and decree what the Lord has said unto me. And then he goes on, thou art my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen. There's a there's something about declaring and decreeing what the Lord says. We need to get the word of God in our hearts, and we need to get the word of God in our mouths. The Bible says from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So whatever you hide in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. And Jesus said whatever comes out of your mouth will come into your life. He says you'll you'll eat the fruit of it. The book of Proverbs talks about the words of your mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You eat the fruit of your lips. You experience what comes out of your mouth comes into your life. But where does that start? In the heart. That's why it's important we meditate on the Word of God and we have a heart transformation, a heart transplant. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed. Metamorphosis. Same word in Greek, metamorphosis. The metamorphosis, when a caterpillar goes into the cocoon, 
it becomes a butterfly. See, God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And that's another chapter. We'll get into that one. But God wants to do a new thing in your life, and the only way the new thing is going to come is if you allow the old thing to get so wrapped up in the things of God that it dies, and then you have a metamorphosis or a transformation. Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it can't bring forth fruit. And so there's a there's a cycle, there's a season of life. And in the things of God, if you're going to get aligned with the kingdom of God, you've got to let the old flesh, you've got to let that old man, you've got to let that old nature, those old ways die. Your old way of thinking, your old way of doing things, and you surrender it, you surrender it, you buffet your body, you surrender it to God, and you allow him to come in with his word and and cause a, a death, so to speak, to your flesh, a death to your mindset. Just bury it. Bury it. That's what baptism represents. We're buried in the waters of baptism. We're raised in the newness of life. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. Listen to this, verse 29. He gives power to the saints, and then that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. Listen, when you're young, when you're a youth, you're going to faint and be weary. You're going to learn some things the hard way. You're going to learn some things by mistake. You're going to mess it up. You're going to blow it at times. We all do. See, God is so gracious. He's so wonderful. He's so rich in love. But he can take your mess, and he can put his word on it, and all of a sudden your mess becomes a message. He can take what your what your circumstances that you're being tested and tried with, the fires that you're being tested and tried with, and next thing you know, your test becomes your testimony. That's exactly what happens. Verse 31, the day that wait on the Lord, God wants us to wait upon him. God wants us to wait upon him. And we need to learn how to wait upon the Lord. We need to learn how to wait upon the Spirit of God. Are you waiting on God? Are you waiting on the Spirit of the Lord? Are you seeking Him? Very important. If you're not, you're going to get weary. The Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing, because if you don't faint, if you don't stop, if you don't give up, you're going to reap a harvest. God's given you everything you need for life and godliness. Many times we don't wait on the Lord. We don't seek the Lord to, to let him lead us to those things we need. Listen, I'm being tested in my own life with this, and, and with my job, my finances, uh, pretty much everything fit me at once, and my wife too. We're in the process of relocating or trying to. Sometimes God allows that stripping down. Sometimes God allows the fires. But he said, consider it pure joy, brethren, whenever you endure the fiery trials. Why? Because the testing of your faith produces patience. Senator time. Easy to praise God when you're always on the mountain. It's easy to glorify God when everything's going right. It's 
those times in our life when we're in the valley that we have to trust our shepherd. What does he say? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David said this in Psalm 23, I shall fear no evil, but I ride in their staff, they comfort me. We need to realize we need to trust the shepherd even in those valley times. Even when we're in the miry clay, even when we're sinking, even when things look really messed up, trust the Lord. All things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to His purposes. Wherever you're at in your station in life, in your season in life, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Learn to trust him. Learn to follow him. Look, he's the shepherd. You're the sheep. You're the sheep of his pasture. He's the one that created you, not you yourself. He's God, not you. And you have a responsibility as his child, as his son, as his daughter, however you want to label it. to follow his leading, to wait on the Lord. This is what happens. Renew their strength. Let up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's what God wants in our lives. I just want to sort of touch on that. Let's let's get into the Word, though. Let's see what the Word says. Psalm 24. We need to get back to the presence of God, guys. And girls, men and women, sons and daughters, whoever you are, friends, we need to get back to the presence of the living God. We need to be like Moses that says, Lord, unless your spirit's going to be there, I'm not going. What happened with David? They carried around the ark. And when the ark was present, the presence of God was there. David and the people, many, many, many battles and victories were won in the name of the Lord. But the minute that presence of God went down to Obed-Edom's house, Obed-Edom, all of a sudden the blessing went where the presence went. But we need to realize when the anointing goes, guys, when the presence of God, when the glory lifts off of something, when that gracious, weighty glory, when God's presence departs from a situation, everything changes. Yeah, we can go through the formalities and we can go through the stuff. But if you're really seeking out the things of God, if you're really looking and desiring the presence of God, you can tell what's fake and what's real. You can tell what's phony and what's genuine. You can tell what's religious and what's spiritual. You can tell what's truly of God and, and just a mere tradition of man. And it can sound the same. It can almost look the same. But you know what? It's not going to feel the same. It's not going to have the same result. It's not going to have the same impact in your life. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. 
And we need to have the presence of God. We need to get back to the presence of God. And so Psalm 24. Listen to this. And I know I touched on 23 a little bit, but that's really not where I wanted to go. Psalm 24, the king of glory. The Psalm of David. That's who he is. He's the king of glory. In the Old Testament, his Shekinah glory, the cloud by day and the fire by night, that's what led the children of of Israel through the wilderness. When Moses was up on the mountain in the book of Exodus, he went up there for about 40 days, 40 nights. The Lord visited him, came and inhabited the presence of God so filled Moses. The glory was so on Moses. Corinthians says that they had to put a bag over his head, a veil over his face, just to to be able to function because the glory of God was so heavy duty. Now listen, that same that same glory that met Moses on the mountain was the same glory in Exodus 40. Leviticus 9, 10, and 11, when they dedicated the temple, when the priests would go into the temple, Moses went first, then Aaron, then his sons. There's a pattern. But that same glory that met Moses on the mountain was the same glory that met them in the temple. And that glory, the Bible says in Exodus 40, that the priests couldn't even stand to minister. The glory was so weighty, they couldn't even finish doing what they were doing. They were on the floor, guys. They were on their knees. They were on their faces because the glory of God was so heavy duty. Same glory that was on Jesus. When they came to him and said, are you Christ? Are you Jesus? And he said, I am he. All of a sudden, all the guards, remember the soldiers? It says that they fell back. Just the, the presence of God, the breath of God, the spirit of the living God, the anointing of God that was on Jesus, the anointing of God that was on, on Moses, the anointing of God that God desires to put on his people. Listen, it's the anointing. It's that weighty glory. It's the manifested presence of God that destroys the yoke. So listen to this. The earth is the Lord's, chapter 24 of Psalm, Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the flood. Now, this is similar to Psalm 15. And I may back up, and we may get into that too because it'll lay a little bit of groundwork. But sorry, we're at a loss for time. We, I wanted to, you guys to hear this sermon that came out of IHOP. And uh, we'll probably get back to it. I don't even know how much of it got to play before it cut and went to silence. But uh, I think this will be good. So, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's the world and they that dwell in. He founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? Good question. And we know the blood of Jesus tore the temple in two and, re- and released that glory of God throughout the earth. And it's the blood of Jesus that makes us have the availability. We have access to enter the Holy of Holies 
with boldness, the Bible says, with confidence. So who? Those that are believers in Christ, those that are washed in his blood, those that have allowed the finished work of the cross to come into their lives, that's the starting point that gives you access, that gives you permission, that gives you a privilege, and it is a privilege, believe me, to come before a holy God. says, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul into vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing. There's something about the blessing. The Bible says without holiness we won't see the Lord. The Bible says without holiness we won't see the Lord. From the Lord, the righteousness of, from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek his face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up everlasting doors. And the king of glory. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty? The Lord mighty in battle? Lift up your heads, O you gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts? He is the King of glory. Jesus. It's our awesome God. The God that fights our battles for us. All sufficient God, the El Shaddai. This is the Father God we're talking about, Jehovah, and his son, Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. But it's the spirit of the living God, the presence of God, the glory of God that destroys and breaks the yoke. God is calling us. Who are the ones that get to go into the presence? Those that have clean hands and a pure heart. Are you asking God to give you pure hearts? Are you asking God to give you clean hands? Are you applying the blood of Jesus to your life on a regular basis? Let me tell you what Psalm 15 says about true worshipers. This will go along with what we just read. O Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? We just read about this. He that walketh uprightly and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. Remember we talked about hiding the word in our heart. Be careful what we speak. He that does not backbite with his tongue or does evil to his neighbor or takes up a reproach against his neighbor and who his eyes of vile person is condemned but he honoreth him that feareth the Lord. He that sweareth to his own heart and changeth not. He that puts not out his money, money to usury or taketh the reward against the innocent, he that does these things shall never be moved. But what's God saying? He's trying to paint a picture here. Without holiness, we don't see the Lord. He wants us to have a life of consecration before him so we can experience his presence. 
You're not getting in on your own accord. You're not getting in by your own good works. You're not getting in by any of that stuff. It's only by the blood. But if you want the manifested presence and the glory of God in your life, then be faithful to the things of God. Live righteous, live holy. You know, Hebrews says without holiness, none will see the Lord. Jesus did the miracles that he did in the spirit of holiness. There's a spirit of holiness. There's a spirit of righteousness and uprightness where we're in right standing with God. And that's what brings the presence. When we're set apart and consecrated in our hearts unto God. God wants us to be set apart and consecrated in our hearts unto the Lord. Amen. To realize what the Lord's calling us to. Realize what the Lord is calling us to.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 